Eden uh, and uh, in your beautiful city again through the haze. So out there. Um, thanks, guys. Great drumming again, as usual. Cool. Hey, um, to, uh, if you're around tonight, uh, I think I, I'm going to do thinking about doing something quite a bit different tonight around kind of a bit more like some training, teaching stuff around church and, and kind of where God's taking us. So um, it'd be great to see you tonight. Is that going to come up on there? Cool. Hey, um, I want to talk uh, to you today about the blessings of God's presence. And uh, and it was interesting, the kind of intro around the whole thing, the house of God, because that's what I want to talk a bit about. I don't know, maybe you're new to church and you wonder, like, what's this whole church thing about, really? What's this whole Christian thing about? Or maybe you've been coming kind of forever, and it can all get a bit familiar and a bit kind of stale, and we kind of forget really what it's all about. And so... Um, I want to look back at a particular passage in the Old Testament where, you know, in, the, in that time, there was uh, this literal temple that we heard about where God dwelled. And it was like, if you wanted to meet with God, you had to go to this actual temple and be in his presence. And of course, people lived all around the country. So for some people, it's like once a year, I maybe walk three or four days to Jerusalem and spend a day in the presence of God, and then I go home again. And, and it was kind of like for them an, an encounter with the God, God, an encounter with the presence of God and the house of God was not something that was just familiar every day. Oh, well, Sunday again, all well, the All Blacks are playing. Maybe I wonder what they're going to do. It's like, man, once a year I get to go and be in the presence of God, and then I get home and I wait maybe another year uh, till, I get to, till I get to be in God's presence again. And, and there's a Psalm, Psalm 84, where... Uh, these guys reflect and write a song around this, what it's like to go and be in the presence of God. And it's like, and so there's some real lessons for us. Like I said, if you are new to church, Christianity stuff, this might help you understand, like, what are they doing? Why are we singing? Why, why are people kind of so moved by this stuff? And, and again, maybe the challenge, if you've been around forever, it's kind of, hey, come on, this is, this is what we're doing. This is why it's important. This is why it's significant. Uh, and, and you kind of have to apply it a bit, um, if I turn my machine on, um, that today, we, we don't, it applies in two ways in the New Testament. We don't go to a literal temple, but we together are now the temple of God. So as we, as we hear what this guy says about the Old Testament temple, you're going to got to apply it over and go, oh, this is, this is what it's like now when we gather for church. When we gather as Christians, this is what we're doing. And his experience of going to a literal temple, now this is what it's like for us. Every time I gather together with some other Christians, this is what it's about. But also beyond that, a few chapters later, Paul says, you, your own bodies, you actually now are the dwelling place of God. And so again, in the Old Testament, where he talked about, oh, this is what it's like once a year I got to go and be in the presence of God. It's like, man, this is, this is what it means to be a Christian, to foster this every day of my life, to live in this experience. So, so is that all right? So that's what we're going to do. We're just going to look at the psalm and kind of go, how does this kind of make me freshly aware of what it means to, to be on this journey to the presence of God and to be an encounter with the presence of God. So uh, if you've got a Bible, you might want to look at um, Psalm 84 because we're actually just going to work through the whole uh, psalm. And, and his opening point is, he just says this, How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. 
Uh, and there's lots of things you could say about a temple. You know, in the New Testament, uh, when Jesus and the disciples are at that literal temple, they're like, man, it's impressive, it's massive, it's magnificent. And it's like it's spectacular, it's awesome, it's just all the bells and whistles and the smoke machine through the haze and kind of all that. It's like, man, this is an impressive place. But what's interesting is actually to go back for a minute and go, the first thing these guys want to say is not that it's impressive, not that it's magnificent, not that it's spectacular, but it's lovely. Now, I don't know if that's a word that you use a lot around Dunedin, but the first thing God want, these guys want to say is, the first thing I want to say about the house of God is beautiful things happen there. Lovely things happen in people's lives when they come into the presence of God. I don't really care about the, the drums and the lights. and the, that. Yeah, that's all just part of creating an environment. But actually, do you know what? Beautiful things happen in the presence of God. Lovely things happen. That's what it's all about. And, and you know, you might maybe if you're new to this thing, it's like, why do they do this singing? Why is all this? It's because we just believe in the presence of God. Beautiful things happen to people. And maybe, again, if you've been coming for decades, it's like, yeah, this, this is why we do this, because as we come and praise and as we find ourselves in the presence of God, beautiful things will happen in people's lives. Lovely things will happen to people. I, I was doing a, um, teaching a course, a block course, uh, over a number of weeks in um, Christchurch recently, and uh, there was one particular day, uh, so it's an interdenominational gathering uh, at a Bible college, and and we, I just led them in this prayer around just help, welcoming God to come and kind of search their hearts and what He wanted to do. And, and there was, and then I got them to feedback afterwards. And like there was a woman there; she's an Anglican vicar. Actually, God had woken me up in the middle of the night before the session and said He was going to deal with some stuff with her about father issues. And um, and it, and she shared afterwards, and she said, you know, when I was a young girl, my father left, and I ended up being the responsible one, and I would kind of pursue the relationship with my dad, and I would always be responsible, and, and now, you know, and now, and that's how I grew up, I'm the responsible, serious one, and, and it's really caused damage in my marriage and with my parenting, and, and God just showed me that I could be this, this kind of, this little girl again, and kind of be free, and, and then there was another young woman who said, you know, um, I, I, I've always had this kind of fear and reticence about men. And as we prayed, this picture of this man came back to mind from when I was young. And she said, I'm, I was too young to remember, but I, I have a feeling that I was sexually abused. And, and, and she just prayed through some stuff and, and felt that she found a, a, a release from uh, something of the fear and stuff. And then another guy said, you know, I've always felt like I was on the outside of things. And, and when we prayed, I just saw this picture of Jesus standing in this crowd of people, and he rushed out, grabbed me by the hand, and pulled me into the crowd. And I, I just for the first time, I felt like I belong. And it's like, oh, my goodness, this was just in a classroom where we just prayed. And then I was back the next week, and I said, hey, any I just felt the Holy Spirit prompt me, hey, just review what happened last week. And I said, anyone want to feedback what happened? The first woman said, you know, she's a, like I said, Anglican vicar. She said, you know, I preached on Sunday, and at the end of when I preached, there was just total silence. Like everyone was struck, like what's happened to you? And she said, I, I preached from a part of me that I've never been able to speak from before. I was just like, oh. and then the second woman 
She said, you know, like I said, I've always felt this kind of sexual, uh, this reticence around men, and I wandered around this kind of sexual abuse thing, and I, I just found that, um, found that I just felt free from it, and I've had this relationship with this boyfriend for a number of years, and suddenly I felt like something shifted, and then this last week he proposed, and I was able to go yes and embrace uh, and walk into a relationship of trust, and I was like, Oh, you're like, seriously, you create one moment for an encounter with God and beautiful things happen that change people's lives. I mean, how good is God? Seriously. He is just, he is lovely and he does lovely things. And, uh, and uh, you know, the house of God is not about impressive, magnificent, spectacular. The house of God is about if we had come into the presence of God, lovely things happen. Beautiful things happen in people's lives. He is incredibly lovely. Uh, you know, uh, the definition is, you know, attractive or beautiful, especially in a graceful way, very good or like it, very pleasing. You know, it's like, man, that was, that was, a, be- that was a wonderful service because God just did beautiful things. Um, you know, there's other definitions, very attractive, highly pleasing. I found this, maybe... Um, maybe it's more relevant to equippers in England because it says, you know, if you describe something as lovely, you means it gives you pleasure. Mainly British. Oh, Mary, how lovely to see you. Maybe you don't talk. Maybe you don't talk like that in Dunedin. But uh, you know, it's a lo- what a lovely surprise. Or if you describe someone as lovely, you know, Laura is a lovely young woman. So maybe that's not really how we talk. But it's like, but it's interesting. I looked up all the translations. They all like they all use the word lovely. It's like there's something important about the presence of God that there's only really one word in English, that it's, lo- it's lovely in the presence of God because he does beautiful, pleasing, attractive things that will touch your heart in a deep way. You know, it's often, and this word lovely actually gets used in the Bible, you know, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely. Think There's something incredibly significant about lovely things that happen. Um, you know, and if you think about the fruit of the Spirit, fruit of the Spirit just means this is the long-term effect in my life of hanging around in the presence of God. And look at what it is. Love, joy, peace. Well, I don't know how you describe that, but if your home started being marked by love and joy and peace, that's pretty lovely. Seriously. And if, and if you go on forbearance or patience, kindness and goodness. Man, if, if I was becoming that kind of person who's more patient and kind and good, that's pretty lovely. And, and finishes up, you know, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The presence of God and the impact of God is just flipping lovely. <laughs> Seriously. He just does nice things. He does beautiful things in our lives, and in our communities. And that's what it's like in the presence of God. So he wants to say how lovely, the first thing I want you to know, how lovely is the dwelling place of God. And this morning, if you need something, if some parts of your life are just not lovely, coming into the presence of God, good things happen. Nice things happen. Beautiful things happen. 
You know, uh, this thought, uh, another psalmist, David, says this about, you know, one thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all my days, to gaze on the beauty of the... If you think this is a bit wussy, or, you know, David, these guys were kind of warriors. They took swords and chopped off people's heads. They were kind of tough guys. They weren't wussy, but when they came into the presence of God, they're like, this is beautiful. This is lovely. Like, this is just awesome. I'm overcome with how wonderful God is. Um, I noticed the thing, it says, you know, part of the definition, it appeals to the emotions as well as the eye. And so it's not surprising that then that goes on, you, my soul yearns, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out. You're probably not going to come running back to church because the lighting was good or the drums were good. Or the, but, you are, but once you've had a touch of an encounter of a God who does beautiful things, it's like, I need more of that. I just need to get back in his presence. Because things just fall into place in my life. Stuff gets sorted. I find myself being a better husband, a better father, a better flatmate, a better son or daughter. Because just at one moment in that presence, something just gets made whole and alive and beautiful. And I like the person that I'm becoming when I get a touch from God. Because how lovely is your dwelling place. You know, it's interesting, he goes on. It's like, if you get this, then kind of like, it's like the, K, do you know what KPIs, key performance indicators? It's like the grid of what's important changes. Because it's like, if it's all about impressive and magnificent, then you evaluate certain things as key. But, but once you go, do you know the primary, this is, this is a, the primary characteristic of the house of God is that it's a lovely place. Suddenly, my perspective has completely changed. And he, and he talks like this. Even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest where she may have her young. It's like, I don't, has anyone ever had sparrows up in the eaves of your house? Like, they're annoying. They're noisy. You kind of, for a minute, think it's cute that there's little chirping little sparrows up there. But then they're noisy and then there's bird stuff dripping down. The, it's like, you want to get, you get rid of them. But he's like, suddenly he's like, now, this big, impressive temple, he's like, how cool is that? All, even the little sparrows find a place here. It's like, suddenly you realize it's not about the big and the spectacular. It's that the little people feel safe here, and nice things happen to them. And it's not about the powerful and the world shakers and the significant and the wealthy. It's that the little people have beautiful things happening in their lives, too. You know, the thing about a sparrow is in the Bible, they're kind of, they're like the most insignificant and cheap thing. So there's a good deal going on here. Matthew, are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And Luke has a deal, or five for two. So you can get two for, what did I say? Two for one or five for two. It's like, these are just, these are nothing. They're not important. In scripture, they represent the kind of fragile, trembling like sparrows. And it's like the cheap, the insignificant, the fragile, the trembling, they find a safe place. It's like, how cool is that? That they find a place where they're strengthened and nurtured. Come on, that's part of why church is lovely because the little people of our world find a place to belong and they find significant and purpose and we speak destiny and we say, you're an important person to God and we care about you. The solo mum with the kids, the person struggling with the mental health condition. It's like, you're important to us because you're important to God. 
And you can find a place to belong here. How lovely is the dwelling place of God? Because the little people have beautiful things happen as well. Um, John Goldengay is a commentator. He says this, I have a photograph of a pigeon sitting in the cleft of the stones of the temple wall. The psalmist feels like a bird able to make its home there. The bird might seem insignificant and the pilgrims feel insignificant, but they have the freedom to relax in the safety and privilege of the temple courtyards, the place where God lives. You feel like a little sparrow this morning? You feel insignificant? You feel fragile? You feel fearful? Welcome to the house of God. You can feel safe here. You can belong here, and beautiful, lovely things will happen in your life. It's interesting, with Hebrew thinking, they often start with a thought, and then they finish with a thought, and it's like it brackets the section. And so this end of the section is a statement of confidence and blessing. And that's what I want to look at is there's actually three blessings in the psalm, and this is his first one. After he's reflected on this, this is his summary. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. This is his conviction because God, where God dwells is lovely. If I can dwell in that space, I'm going to be so blessed because lovely things are going to happen to me because God's lovely. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. There's a statement of a heart that's one to this thing. That's why we do church. That's why we have worship, because we want to create an environment where people have an encounter with God, because we're convinced beautiful things will happen, lovely things will happen. People will walk out of this building a better person and feeling more whole and alive and good about themselves, because they had a moment of encounter with God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. Interesting, they are ever praising you. This theme of praise being linked is right, you know, it's right throughout Scripture. It's like, yeah, when I, when I find myself in the presence of God, I can't help but f- start praising Him. But do you know what they learned? It's like, how about we just don't wait for our feelings to catch up? Like, you know, we walk into church, oh, this music's a bit loud, the song's a bit loud. And then finally, uh, 20 minutes in, we kind of, Actually, oh, yeah, I remember God. Oh, yeah, God. And suddenly we connect. And he's like, what about if we, rather than waiting for our feelings to catch up with our conviction, we made a choice to start with conviction and knew that our feelings would come into it. And it's like, I don't wait till God drops a feeling in my heart and then I feel like praising. I choose to enter his gates with thanks. I choose to enter his courts with praise. And somehow it's not just that praise comes from an experience of encountering God, but praise opens the way to an experience of encounter and and draws his presence somehow in a way that attracts his presence. And so it goes on to say, you know, that he's enthroned on the praise or he takes his seat in the praise that we choose to create an environment of praise that attracts the presence of God. Another language, it's a sacrifice. I make a choice to praise knowing that as I, as we praise, God's presence is going to fill this place. And maybe, maybe people, maybe I'm in a good place, but maybe there's people sitting next to you who are broken and hurting and need a touch from God today. And the best thing that you could do is take a, make a decision that I'm going to do my part to create an environment where God's presence is here because they need a touch of something lovely on their lives. And if I can praise God and if we can praise God, God's presence will be here and something lovely will happen. 
Come on, we need to stop being kind of selfish about, well, I don't like that music. It's like, come on, let's create. Let's choose to praise because somebody here needs an encounter with God. Someone needs to walk out of here going, that was beautiful. And God did something lovely in my life. So it's about how lovely is your dwelling place. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are forever praising you. So it's great. So over, when I'm in the presence of God, it's, so this is a guy like maybe he journeyed once a year, traveled three or four days more to Jerusalem, and he had a day in the presence of God, and then he had to go home again. And applying it to it's like it's great. But, but here's the thing. It was actually quite a lot of hard work to get there. Like it wasn't like a catch a cheap flight, jump in the car, it's like you had to walk. And it's not like strolling through nice meadows. It's like strolling through wilderness and desert and places where there's bandits and there's no water. Like, you had to be pretty serious about wanting to get there. You had to make an effort to get there. And so it's like, yeah, when I'm there, it's fantastic. But he actually discovered something else because he goes on, blessed are those whose strength is in you, this whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. It's like, it just doesn't happen, and it's like applying it to our lives. Like, yeah, there's parts of my life where I'm just dwelling in this good thing that God's done in my life, and I just enjoy it, and I'm thankful, and I praise it. But if I'm honest, there's parts of my life where I'm not there yet, and it feels like a long way to get there, and it feels like there's some pretty deep valleys and some pretty dry places and some pretty difficult paths to get to a place where I'm standing there going, this is lovely. Come on, all of, there'll be some parts of your life that go, this is lovely. There'll be some parts that you go, this is not so lovely. And we face it, he goes, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. See, it's like this person had to decide, it is so good being in the place where God dwells that I make a choice that I've set my heart to get there. And it's like today, you know, some of you have arrived at a decision point. It's like, you know that there's parts of your life and experience that aren't there yet. And you can either choose to camp here, you can choose to give up, or you can set your heart and go, there is something more lovely that you have for my life, for my marriage, for my family, for my ministry. There is something better. I'm not there yet but I'm not going to camp here and I'm not going to give up here and I'm not going to turn back from here. I've set my heart on pilgrimage. And he discovered, yeah, there's a blessing over here when I'm in the house of God and I'm dwelling there and everything's lovely, but he discovered another blessing. Blessed are those whose strength is in you. It's like, God, this is actually hard work. I don't know if I can get there. I don't know if I can get through another day or another week or another month. And he discovered, yeah, you're blessed when you're there because you get to dwell in the house of God and praise him. But he discovered another blessing. You're blessed when you make a decision to keep going because God shows you his strength to keep going. So you're blessed when you're there and you're blessed when you're on the way. And, And this whole thing of strength is really important in Scripture, you know. He gives strength to the weary. Even youths grow tired and weary, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. When I talk about it, it's all lovely. It sounds like kind of Willy Wonka, sugar candy floss Christianity. No, that's, that's what it's like in the presence of God. But come on, you're going to need some strength to get there in some parts of your life. 
And it's like God's in that business. You know, Paul will often, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you. Again, in Thessalonians, the Lord is faithful, he will strengthen you. It's like, if he looked at Dunedin equippers, he would know there's some people here this morning who go, God, they just need strength to keep going. God, strengthen them. Keep going. Keep moving forward. God, don't let them give up here. Don't let them, don't let them despair here. God, give them the strength to keep going, to set their hearts on pilgrimage who say that there's something more. I've tasted some experience of the goodness of God, and it's lovely. And this part of my life is not lovely, but I want the strength, God, to keep going till it is lovely. Because I, I need your strength this morning, God. And, and, and he says this, as they pass through the valley of Baco, which means the place of weeping, they make it a place of springs. And it's like, it's like in the journey there, they, they could find themselves in this deep, dry valley. And they're just so, so, if you've ever been just so exhausted, you're just kind of sobbing and crying. And, and he said, in that place, God opens up springs of refreshing to give you the strength to keep going another day to keep going because you've set your heart there's something better for my life and and this i'm stuck in this valley and god and god god just gives you some water to a dry soul that says you can and you go okay i'm ready to go again i can keep going i can keep going another day you know this was paul's kind of experience around strength you know he says uh, I'm not saying this because I'm in need. I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or want. This I can do all this through him who gives me strength. It was like I, I, was, I was a student and, and I was struggling with exams, but, but God gave me strength. And then I had to apply for a job and I got declined, you know, 20, 30 times and I was so despairing, but God gave me strength. And then I started this job, and I was feeling a bit overwhelmed, but God gave me strength. And, and, and Paul's like, when I was well off, he gave me his strength. When I was poor, he gave me his strength. When I had heaps, he gave me his strength. When I had nothing, he gave me his strength. I've learned whatever situation I'm in to find a well where God opens up a source of strength that allows me to keep going because I've got a destination, and I'm convinced. I'm convinced that there is a lovely place, and I don't want to give up before I get there. And so the place in my life where I'm there, I'm blessed because he dwells with me. And the places where I'm not there, I'm blessed because he gives me his strength to keep going another day and not settle for where I am. So I'm blessed when I've arrived and I'm blessed when I'm still on the journey. I'm blessed where it's come together and I'm blessed where it's still a bit frazzled. I'm blessed when I'm succeeding and I'm blessed when I'm struggling. Either way, I'm blessed because God is there. God is there to dwell and give me his praise and blessing. God is there to give me his strength when I'm stuck and I don't know how I'm going to get through. I'm blessed. You know, and it says this, so they go from strength to strength. Yeah, I discovered, like I said, I discovered one level of his strength when I was a student. Then I discovered another level of his strength when I was unemployed. Then I discovered another level of strength when I got a job. Then I discovered his strength when I got my redundant. Then I got his strength when I was, you know... Uh, examples of, you know, if you got into a relationship, I've got a strength when we, uh, when we hit some marriage difficulties, a strength when we had little kids. I discovered a strength when we had teenagers. I just, it's like 
the journey has, is not just all plain sailing, but the journey is finding a strength. They go from strength to strength. Come on, wherever you are today, God wants to open a well of his life-giving water so you discover strength, so you can go, I'm blessed when I've arrived, but I'm blessed on the journey. I'm blessed when I'm just standing there praising him. I'm blessed when I'm discovering supernatural supplies of his strength. That's why we do church. That's why we follow Jesus. Because it's lovely when we're there and we're blessed. And we're blessed when we're on the journey because he gives us the strength to keep going. You know, it reminds me of this passage in Corinthians about trans- we are being transformed with ever-increasing glory. If you could substitute the word strength for glory here. There was a level of glor- something glorious in my life at this stage but then I had to go on to another, and I discovered another level of God doing something more glorious in my life. And then another, and there was something more glorious in my life, and something more. Come on, you're on a journey of going from strength to strength, of going from glory to glory. You're blessed when you're arrived. You're blessed on the way. You're strengthened on the way. You're going from glory to glory. How good is this deal? And so again, this middle section is bounded by this theme of strength. So the first one was about dwelling. The second one, blessed are those whose strength is in you. Why? They go from strength to strength. And then it's like the psalmist goes, okay, when I'm over here, blessed are those who dwell in your house. I've arrived. I've made my home. I just get to praise you. And over here, blessed am I when I've set my heart on pilgrimage because I find your strength. So it's like, I'm blessed when I'm in the presence of God and I'm blessed when I'm trying to sort things out and keep moving, it's like there's a common factor here, which is not my circumstances, it's God. We often think blessing is about our circumstances. Blessing is finding God in whatever the circumstances. And so he turns then in this, hear my prayer, Lord God Almighty. It's like, I get it. It's not about the external. It's about you. I see you behind that. When I'm in your presence, Lovely things happen when I'm on the journey. I'm blessed because you strengthen me to keep going. It's about you. And he says, and so he suddenly says, this is what I need. Look on your shield, O Lord. Look with favor. It's like, now I get it. I need your favor. When I'm in your dwelling place, I just get to stand there and bask in your favor. But when I'm in the journey and stuck, I need the favor that opens wells of strength that keeps me going. Favor doesn't mean everything's sweet. Favor means he's adding his weight in behind you for you to keep going. You know, and, and he, he remembers, he goes back and reflects on this court thing again. And, you know, better is one day in your court than a thousand elsewhere. And some people, it's probably just like poetic language for a big number. But someone said, if it was literal, that would be like, you know, roughly three years. Maybe, maybe he... Maybe he didn't get to go every year. Maybe he only got to go after three years. And he's like, this one day that I had in your presence is better than every other day of the last three years. Uh, but, but there's an important word here. Why? Why is that? For. Why? Because the Lord is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor. Why is it? Why am I blessed when I dwell in the house of God? Why am I blessed when he strengthens me? Because God's favor is on me. Because God's favor is on me. You know, when Jesus, um, at the start of his ministry, came to his hometown, 
he returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and the news about him spread throughout the whole countryside, and his teaching, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, we'd been brought up on the Sabbath day. He went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it was written. So context, so they're all gathered. Someone gives a scroll to do a reading. Jesus gets Isaiah and un- un- unrolls the scroll to this passage in Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. Because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, cover of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus is the master of kind of dramatic pause. So he rolls up the scroll, gave it back, sat down. He runs like, what's he going to do? What's he going to say? Why did he choose that passage? And then it just he just began by, he just looks up at them and he goes, today, this is fulfilled. I'm in the favor business. I'm in the favor business. If you're poor, I've got good news for you. If you're a prisoner bound by things, I'm coming to set you free. If you're feeling blind and you can't see the way ahead, I've come to give you sight. If you're just feeling weighed down, I've come to set you free. I've come to bring favor. I've come to bring favor. God, I've come to bring favor. God. Church is in the favor business. The presence of God is about favor. Because God is much nicer than you think. (laughs) And he comes to add favor to your life. When you're over here and you've arrived at a place, you just get there to stand there. You get to stand there and just drink in his presence and praise and worship That's what his favor looks like there. When you're over here and you're struggling and you don't know what to do, he comes and his favor looks like miraculous word of encouragement, source of just new hope, source of life, comforting arm around you. That's his favor. Come on, I'm going to help you keep going because there's something better for you yet. Cole, we're in the favor business. And so the the third section finishes with this again, beginning and end around favor. Look with favor on your anointed one. The Lord is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. Maybe I can get the keyboardist to come up. And so the conclusion is a third blessing. So I'm blessed when I dwell with God and I just get to praise him. I'm blessed over here when God is my strength because I've set my heart on pilgrimage and he keeps me going. So I'm blessed there, I'm blessed here. The common factor is not my circumstance, the common factor is this, the underlying blessing is this. Blessed is the one who trusts in you. I actually trust you. I actually trust you. I don't know about you, but this is quite hard for me. If you've grown up learning to look after yourself, be independent, look after number one, And it just gets hard. And the fundamental invitation of the house of God is this change. Yeah, I'm blessed when I dwell in the presence of God and I just get to praise Him. I'm blessed when I'm struggling with things and He gives me the strength. But the underlying thing is this, I'm blessed if actually I trust Him. I actually trust a person behind this thing. That He's a good, good God that he's for me, that he is with me, 
that he's just going to pour his favor on me and there's going to be moments of absolute lovely delight. But he's also going to give me his favor just to strengthen me to keep going when I'm not there yet. And I actually realize it's not about me and it's not a lot. I actually trust him. I trust you, Jesus. I trust you, God, with my life. And ultimately, that's what makes the dwelling place of God a lovely place. Because it's a group of people who've discovered that there is a good God and I can trust Him. I don't understand what you're doing, God, but I trust you. I trust you to get me through these circumstances. I trust you to take me to a place where it's all wonderful. Oh, oh, have you flicked up some words up there? Can you flick back? I got one more slide, I think. So this psalm, as I said, revolved around three blessings. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They're always praising you. It's wonderful. It's lovely being in God's presence. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. Come on, there's a better tomorrow. God will give you the strength to walk into it. But underneath both of those, blessed are those. Well, blessed is the one who trusts in you. Can I I invite you to stand? The final thing, how lovely is your dwelling place. Lord God Almighty. I just invite you, however you encounter God, open your heart to God. If it's close your eyes, if it's raise a hand or two, if it's feel sorry, just if it's sitting down or kneeling, whatever. But just open your heart to God. I just felt the Holy Spirit just whisper something a couple of times that He's the God that can do the impossible. Maybe there's some people who you feel like you're in a, a situation where the way f- it's, it's impossible to see a way forward. You're in a deep, dark valley and there's no, it's impossible. You think it's impossible. And I want to tell you, blessed are those whose strength is in God. When they pass through the valley of Baca, he creates springs that will give you the strength to keep going forward. Uh, and, and so I, I just, if, if that's some people here that you feel like you're just, you've got a situation that's impossible, can I ask you, it'd be great if we could stand with you in the presence of God as your family to, 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 to help you go, yeah, I'm blessed when I set my heart that there is a way out of this. And so could I just, maybe if that's you, if you want to just come up the front and some people will come and stand with you and pray with you. Because we want to say, blessed are those whose strength is in God, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. And blessed are those who dwell in the house of God. They'll forever be praising you. Is there some people, I've just, I feel like that's a God thing. If, if I got it wrong, that's fine. But if there's some people, you feel like you're in an impossible situation. Awesome. This is a, I, there's an anointing coming now on this. I've preached this in a three or four places recently. This is the first time I felt this prompting. Come on, this is a God thing for right now. 
So I'm going to invite some of the leaders to come and stand with some people. If there's others, you go, I'm in an impossible situation. Then, then come and pray. But, but here's, guys, for the rest of us, here's the deal. These people need an encounter with God, don't they? They need something lovely to happen. Do you know how you can serve them? Create an environment where the presence of God comes. Come on, we choose to worship because we want to see the presence of God fill this place because there's some beautiful people who need something lovely to happen to them this morning. So I'm going to ask these guys if you can lead us in worship. Come on, let's worship God to create a place where lovely things happen for our family who need a touch from God. Come on, let's worship Him. We worship you, God. We worship you. We praise you. We had our our students from our college um, out all around the country, different areas ministering, and there's a story from Kaitaia of one of our students, his mother died when he was young and he's growing up um, being cared for by older sisters, but no mum. And he shared his testimony. And when he was speaking at the school, there was a young woman who just caught his attention and he couldn't kind of take his, he couldn't kind of, he just had, there's something about her. And she came up afterwards and said, oh, my mother died a few months ago and it's been real hard. And he's like, oh, that, and thanks for what you shared. And he's like, oh, that's great. And then the next day they ran a program in a skate park and this girl was there again. And he's like, that's the girl. And, he, and she came up to him and he said, actually, do you know what? Yesterday was going to be the last day of my life. I mean, this happened. Like I was, go, I was, gonna, I was planning to commit suicide. And then you, your group came to our school and, and you shared that story. And I just, I found hope. And I was like, God does beautiful things and people a random little sparrow of a 13 or 14 year old old teenage girl in Northland God arranged something beautiful come on God is able to do the impossible God is able to make a way for a tomorrow God is able to open wells of strength for you today come on let's just lift up that song one more time and worship and praise him
pray this morning that the Lord would meet your need as you come into his house this morning. I don't know why I'm quite emotional. Um, we, we don't know why the Lord doesn't just do things instantly, do we? We pray and we pray and we want something to happen, we want something to move. And I can't promise you that things will move in the way you want them to, but I do know that God is constant in the unseen. I do know that He's always there. I know that He's always got you. I don't know how He will bring His healing. I don't know how that will happen. There's so many different ways that could be. I just pray this morning that He will bring that for you, that you will step into His presence. You don't have to journey for four days to Jerusalem and to make the temple because you are the temple. If you're a believer in the Lord this morning, you are the temple. It amazes me really that the 10 days ago I sat down and said, Lord, you know, I'm going to be leading a service in 10 days' time and just wondering what word I could bring, what, you know, what sort of theme could I bring? And, and it's tempting I could message Pastor Steve and say, you know, what are you talking about? Can I get a word? But I didn't. I just trusted God and I opened my Bible and he took me to Chronicles. And I see that God says, I'm going to build you a house. <laughs> and Pastor Steve comes and talks about the house of God. And you can come into this house on a Sunday. But his house is also in you. And he can be with you every moment if you're willing to just lean back into him. So I just want to encourage you this morning to do that. Let him be your strength. I've, it's interesting, Pastor Steve, this morning has revealed to me this morning that, you know, I've lived a lot of my life trying to look after number one. Not that I felt like number one, but it, but it was. It was all about me because my mum and dad, for a whole lot of reasons, were not, didn't really support me emotionally, didn't guide me through life to help take those steps. And so I had to take control of that all myself. And as you might imagine, there were lots of times I wasn't very good at it. And so a lot of decisions I've made and a lot of things I've, I didn't turn to custard, they just went wrong. And I'm amazed that after 34 years as a Christian, I'm probably in one of the best learning seasons I've ever been in my life, that God says, oh, I will be your strength. 34 years and you suddenly click that God could be your strength. That actually, He could make the decisions. He could help make number one work for you and you know you don't have to strive and do it all yourself I just want to encourage you this morning you know lean into God let go it's okay he has got you he will hold you he will sustain you through all things when you're feeling weak he can be your strength You know, I don't know if there's anybody here who doesn't know Christ. I look around the room, I suspect that most of you do. 